So you own things, don't you? Uh, yes, I have. I am in possession of objects. Well, yeah, I mean, in terms of collections. Oh yeah, yeah. So what what what, what do you have? I so, mean, I know, but but do tell uh, Joe listener. <laughs> well, Joe, um, I have a. I collect a few things. I'd say obviously the the most obvious one for me is um, video games, right? Because right? I've owned all the consoles. Uh, no, not true. I've owned uh, the original Xbox, PS3, PS4, and PS5, um, and. I I collect what I believe to be the best games. Obviously, it's a matter of taste. Right. Um, but I I really hate lending games to people because then they forget that they borrowed it from me. Um, and then when I say, hey, can you give me back this, this, and this, then it's like, oh, I don't have that. And then I get really annoyed. So um, I don't lend out games ever. Have you ever got a game back with uh, just a box? Empty no, box? I don't think so. I remember, I remember swapping a game with someone in uh, high school once, um, and I finished the game that they gave me, and I wanted my game back. And what he did was he uh, kept telling me that he uh, was going to bring it, he was going to bring it, he was going to bring it, and then he said one day, "Oh, I put it in your locker." And I'm like, "How did you put it in my locker? My locker's locked." And then he's like. It's your problem. You figure it out. And basically what he'd done was he'd stolen it and he didn't want to give it back. And I'd Wonderful. given him back his game already. So he didn't feel the need to, you know, talk to me ever again. And that was just really annoying. So I just bought it again. Um, <laughs> um, that, that was going to be my question. Like, worst uh, lending experience. Uh, that was, that was yeah. my worst lending. I, I mean, I don't know if it was my... It was definitely my first worst. Your first worst. Um, <laughs> but I've had several bad lending experiences where... You know, it's a, a game has been at a friend's house for a very, very long time. And I was sitting at a table with a bunch of people and, you know, uh, we bring up, uh, you know, this particular game. And then the one who I lent it to goes, oh, yeah, I have to give this back to so-and-so. And I'm like, no, you have to give it back to me. Don't give it to so-and-so. So-and-so's probably got his own version that he needs back from you. What are you doing? So, you know, this, I have a thing with that. I have board games as well, which I really like. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just really love games, board games that have beautiful artwork on them. Yeah. Um, just uh, the, dra- I, oh, I the Dracula like, one. The Dracula one has fantastic um, artwork on it, um, and uh, I guess I guess you could say books as well, but like less of it. I don't have a graphic problem. Novels. Yeah, graphic novels. I, that used to be a big thing. Uh, it's not so much anymore. Um, but yeah, I I I I understand why you're asking because you're trying to justify the fact that you're a nutcase as well. No, no, not at all. I, <laughs> I also I wanted to tell a uh, couple of uh, shitty lending stories of mine. Okay, uh, I have an extensive collection of Blu-rays, um, which I began. Well, I mean, it's probably started from like the VHS days when uh, when the parents used to buy me Disney movies, and then and then when I was thirteen or so, I started getting really into it. I remember we we, we were in boarding school. And our house mistress and housemaster uh, brought us into their apartment. You were in boarding school. I was not in boarding school. I was in boarding you? school. Yes, I was in boarding school. Uh, and they brought us into our into their apartment. Uh, I was to a good egg. I wasn't sent to boarding school <laughs> <laughs> to choose a movie for movie night. Um, and they opened this cupboard, and it was just like a Shangri La of <laughs> fucking movies. They were it was huge, big collection. It may, there may have been like twenty or something like that, but I was smaller back then, so to me it looked huge. Um, and I don't know, maybe that was the point when I decided to, to start building my own collection. I'm not sure. Really? Uh, but I had, I had a lot of VHSs. I remember once, um, I lent something to somebody. I, I lent Tomorrow Never Dies. Mm. Um, and as you know, I'm a big James Bond fan and that, uh, that those James Bond videos would have been sacred to me. And yeah. I lent it to somebody and it came back with a coffee ring on it. 
On the box? On the box, yeah. Jeez. Somebody had rested their coffee mug on it. <laughs> Why? Um, Why? Why would people do this? I <laughs> don't know. I, I just remember that, you know, I had when I had DVDs back in the days when people actually were able to play DVDs. Nowadays, mm. uh, people are like, oh, what you got DVDs for? It's streaming. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but people used to come into to my room and, and just look at the wall as if to... As if they were bl- browsing, browsing, as if they were browsing in a blockbuster, mm-hmm. and it used to piss me off because it was like I didn't tell you that you could come and borrow a movie. Um, Did they just walk into your room and and just start looking? Yeah, or like, yeah. You would say, "Hey, come in, look at this collection." No, no, no. They just walk in and look. Um, and now, if you're wondering what that squeaking sound is, that is the sound of my dog um, chewing and saliving all over it, salivating. I mean, Fantastic. saliving. He's saliving all over his ball. Saliving. Right. That's the only way that I know to describe it because he's not salivating, but he's just getting saliva all over. Right. It. Disgusting. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, nowadays, like, um, people don't play DVDs, but they definitely don't play Blu-ray and 4K, so I'm covered. Right. Um, but uh, I remember this really horrific incident. It was horrific for me at the time because I think I was like 12 or 13. I think I know what it is, but go on. Um, so I brought uh, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet into class, yep. into English literature class, and, and we watched it, I think in a few parts. And um, the teacher removed the VHS from the uh, VCR at the end of the movie mm. and, um, and put it on the table. And I went to reach for it and another kid grabbed it, put it on the floor underneath the chair that he was swinging on the back legs of and proceeded to crash down. Um, Why? The front Why legs. would he do that? I, every I time I think about the story, the injustice, no the, the unfairness of it all. Why? Yeah. So, kids suck, yeah. man. Fuck. Yeah. Um, so basically, the moral of the story is, kids, don't don't lend anything. Don't be generous. Don't lend anything. Don't share. <laughs> Sharing is not caring. It's rubbish. Yeah, it's if you like your shit. stuff, only you get to use your stuff and your younger brother when he wants it. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that was a fairly uh, pessimistic intro. No, no. But here's the thing. I wanted to I actually want to talk about this because mm-hmm. you were always very generous with your movies when I wanted to borrow them. You did do the scary eyes thing. Like if I'd say, can I borrow a movie? You'd give me like a, like a sharp sort of. Yeah. burn a hole through my skull kind of look yeah. but you did always lend me movies like at the end of the and I, you you always introduced me to movies you'd suggest movies you'd say like hey you should watch this you like, were, this really you were also film. in the next room so I knew where you lived right. <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> um, yeah alright then fine I was trying to make a nice thing out of it but you had to alright just you know what just roll the damn just roll the oh, intro with right. the thing What's our seat number? Hello, and welcome to What's Our Seat Number, the podcast that asks, what on earth are you doing to the furniture? (laughs) I'm Johnny Gross, a filmmaker and Olympic swimming champion, and I don't kiss on the mouth. With me, as always, is my co-host, a 3D graphic artist, the spitting image of Idris Elba, the quintessential angry man shouting in a cloud. It's Simon Gross, Simon Gross, Simon Gross. There he is. Today we're talking about Tim Burton's Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice stars Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis, Winona Ryder, and Michael Keaton as, Be- as the title character. Um, so, what are your memories of this one? Uh, harking back to the dark ages of yore and ye olde England when we were but wanes. When we were but wanes? Yes. Um, <laughs> well, the memory that I have at the beginning is uh, of... Um, the first thing that I remember is the, the scene where they sort of try and figure out how to transmogrify their faces sort of thing you know that and they, always they pull. always makes me crack up 
And I, I love it, but uh, it really scared me. So, like, so that stuck with me. And then... Uh, but the eyeballs on the fingers, it's like, like what my kid does with olives. Yeah. <laughs> now, now you can look at it like that, but anyway. Yeah. yeah, so I remember that we were watching the film and, and came across the bit where they sort of pull out the eyeballs and they're on the fingers. And I was like, oh, God, this is that thing from, you know, that memory that I have. And, and so that sort of closed the gap for me. Um, and, uh, and, and then, obviously, this is, this is um, before all of my obsession with uh, special effects and uh, animatronics and... Uh, stop motion animation so so i was just interested in the movie and then you know obviously as i became more aware of things like tim burton and you know whatever so i started putting that together and then then this became like this film that i really 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 like because i could appreciate it on a more technical level as well as just you know hey this is dark and goofy right so that was the thing i thought that it was i mean it was rated 15 in england Mm. um and i remember i think the the parents rented it or something like that while we're on holiday i'm not sure Mm. um but i i thought it was a horror movie I, I I didn't uh, I didn't have any idea that it was a comedy. I was uh, I was kind of scared to to go near it. Kind of. Really? Okay. Um, but uh, and I think I, I discovered it uh, quite a bit later. Um, but um, I don't know. I it always uh, once I did discover it, it, it always entertained me, and I always found that that bit where he you know sort of pulls his nose out and mm-hmm. you know stretches and everything. I always found that absolutely hilarious. That 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 particular. Um, uh, prosthetic mm-hmm. it's just it, it's, it's really just good. hilarious also a, a year ago I, I rewatched it or yeah a year ago it was on netflix um and i it probably isn't anymore right and i rewatched it um and uh there's that scene where he's talking to them in the in the graveyard when they first meet beetlejuice and he's like and they're like well what are your qualifications and he's like well i attended juilliard and, and that that he sort of puts on this very sort of you know stuck up accent it's just you know the whole time he's been going hey how you doing and then he's like well i attended juilliard and i just found that i found that to be really really funny i didn't remember it from the last time that i from the last millions of times that i watched it so i always find that there's always something in a subsequent viewing that that makes me laugh that didn't make me laugh right laugh last time. right yeah yeah i i always um i always found it what? i always found it quite uh shocking that that was batman when I was a kid, I was yeah. just like, "Oh my god, that's the same guy who plays Batman! How is that possible?" Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, Batman was also something that uh, that I saw way too young that uh, that kind of scared me a little bit. Well, quite rightly, it's really dark. Yeah, it's really dark. But uh, but that that was my introduction to Tim Burton. That and this. Yeah. That and this. Do you know? What? I think that maybe my introduction to Tim Burton might have been um, uh, like the first movie that I watched that I was aware was Tim Burton was Sleepy Hollow. Ooh, Sleepy Hollow, we should do that one at some yeah. point. That's I love that film movie. now, but Easter, that scared me. That needs a 4K desperately. Johnny has recently bought a 4K player, and he's well, even really if I, happy. Even if, I hadn't, even if I hadn't, I would say that it needs a 4K remaster desperately, because the Blu-ray looks like mush. Right, so we won't be doing that episode until there's a remaster <laughs> of Sleepy Hollow. Uh, Johnny cannot, he can't go back. Anyway, uh, well, we will get back to uh, to Beetlejuice mm. uh, in a little while, uh, but now it's time for some movie news. Reportedly, Warner Brothers has paused the theatrical release of The Batman in Russia, uh, which uh, reminds me of a famous quote from Churchill. We shall fight them on the beaches, we shall fight them on the landing grounds, we shall fight them in the fields and in the streets, we shall fight them in the hills, and we shall prevent them from seeing The Batman in IMAX. That'll teach him. 
Uh, Direct quote, is that? Yep. <laughs> Clearly, they're trying to make a statement, but uh, what they what they fail to realize is that US, the U.S. film industry has absolutely no bearing on this war whatsoever. I mean, who exactly are they punishing? But what is it, Putin? Will he not be able to see it in his private screening room in the Kremlin? <laughs> well, I mean... I just like the idea. It's like, what what can we do? We'll shut down the banks. Shut down the banks. We'll shut down other avenues of it. Yes, of course. What else could we shut we'll down? Cut we off can their resources. Stop them from watching <laughs> Batman. What is going on? What, I, is that real? Or did you make that up? No, that's that, real. That's real. That's real. What? Yeah, I, you know, obviously the the usual celebrities coming out and uh, you know saying, "I stand with the Ukraine." What exactly are you doing? What exactly are you doing to help the situation? Well, I mean, what else can they do? People like to feel like they have some right. sort of say. And now, now I, I think, you know, whereas before there was social media with, you know, that, and before there was internet and whatnot, uh, with wars, how are, you, how are you exactly showing your support? You're either going out and protesting or, or you didn't know about it because there was no way that the information could get to you or something. Right. Well, so now in, information's readily available at your hands and we're, we're getting it, you know, beamed right in front of our chops all the time, 24-7, yeah. whenever you're on Facebook or whatever. So, you know, people feel like they need to be able to do something and really there's not much else for them to do other than change their profile picture and or say that they stand right. with Ukraine, which is not a bad thing. They could for donate. To do. um, yeah, they could donate. I donated at the beginning of the week. Um, oh, and, very good. Uh, and you know, like, but again, I was sitting, I was sitting talking to Josh, and I was like, I don't really think that that's going to help. You know, I, I put it. It'll, in, it'll uh, help somebody somewhere. That's uh, yeah. well, well, no, I'm, I'm saying that the the thing that actually helps is that they don't go to war. <laughs> Right, but uh, but it's also about like sort of patching up an already shitty situation for the for the people on the other side of it. Yeah. The, um, well, obviously that's it's it's for aid, right? It's you yeah. Know, but but that, that's what I'm saying. I I, I just don't think that um, the I think the last thing that anybody's thinking about in the middle of a war is uh, whether or not they're gonna screen the Batman in or Russia. whether or not Jennifer Lopez stands with Ukraine. Right. Indeed. Um, I don't know why I just picked on Jennifer Lopez. There's really no reason for it. Uh, okay, so moving on. Sai, have you ever seen a trailer and thought, my god, they're flogging this to death, why can't they just leave well enough alone? Did anybody ask for this? No, I have no idea what you're talking about, Jonathan. Oh, well, in completely unrelated news, a new trailer for Fantastic Beasts Secrets of Dumbledore dropped the other day. Who gives a shit? Are there even any beasts in it anymore? There are beasts in it. I, I mean, just, they, they just sort I don't... of look shoehorned in. We need help! Oh, man. Oh, let's bring in the beasts. I mean, they're in the title. It's not even one of those situations where I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going to watch it anyway because I like Harry Potter. I don't like it enough. Right. I didn't um, even like the original movies enough to watch them, <laughs> you know, to watch them again. Right. Speaking of trailers, the 150th Morbius trailer dropped this week. Mm. Uh, I'm starting to think that there is no film and they just made a bunch of trailers. Do you know, I, I actually, yesterday, right, uh, it came up in my uh, feed and I watched the trailer and I got, I think, four seconds in and then I stopped and I was like, I don't think I said this out loud. This is how weird I am and outraged. I was just like, I don't think there was a single person saying, "Do you know what comic book character needs an adaptation?" Is Morbius. Honestly, he was in one comic that I had, and he was an antagonist to Spider-Man. He was literally in it at the end, and I went, "That's a shit villain." Well, we'll, we'll probably be sorry because it'll probably be the best film ever made, nah. topping all polls. Yeah. IMDb's I don't think top so. one hundred above going the to Godfather. Have a similar reaction to Venom. <laughs> Uh, That's my projection. It's very possible. The Showtime series Super Pump, The Battle for Uber, follows Travis Kalanick, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who started one of Silicon Valley's most successful companies in Uber, but who was also ultimately kicked out of his own boardroom. Also greenlit this week, 
Flush about the bloke who invented the toilet flushing system, and the comedy drama Bra about the bloke who invented the bra. The latter will air on HBO and will use boobies as its selling point. Oh god, I've given them ideas. That was... Movie News. Well, lots to think about there. <laughs> what? I'm just... The only one that was real was the story of Uber. Right, no, I'm right, just processing... Okay. Just hoping you got that. I'm just processing the... There's a lot of stuff there that just sort of took me <laughs> by surprise. I just didn't... Um... You never know what you're going to get with movie news. Or you're going to get a exactly. serious conversation about war. Or you're going to get <laughs> flushing toilets. So I, I think I just heard a toilet flush. Uh, do you want to watch a film? Or No, there's trivia. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who's hosting this episode? Now, <clears throat> what are we doing next? No, it is time for the tagline game. Got a lot of shit last time uh, because I was uh, I was excited about the fact I was like oh this is a good one this week because I was getting it right mm-hmm. and it was pointed out to me that I'm a sore loser um, and I'd like to say to those people yes and <laughs> please continue <laughs> okay so uh, this week we have four taglines okay your first tagline is from a dimension beyond the living. A terror to scare you to death. Mm-hmm. Your second tagline is, The spirits will move you in odd and hysterical ways. Mm-hmm. The third tagline is, You ain't screamed nothing yet. Okay. And the third is... The, and the fourth. fourth. Sorry. The fourth is, The name in laughter from the hereafter. It's either the first one or the last one. Okay, I'll give them to you again quickly. No, no, I got it. Oh, you got it? It's either the first one or the last one. Just give me the first one and the last one again. From a dimension beyond the living, a terror to scare you to death. Okay. And the last one was the name in laughter from the hereafter. Okay, I I, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that it's the fourth one, but let's do... I want to do the first one. I think that's my answer. Are you sure? Yeah. Really sure? Yes, I'm sure. Is that your final answer? Go, do it. That is incorrect. Oh. The correct spelling of "fla" is fee, was it the last fu, one? Fee, fee, tea. Was it the last one? It was indeed the last one. Yeah. The name. I had a laughter because it's it's the name name like as in Beetlejuice. It's the name, and I I, I figured it was that one. And I was like Beetlegeist. All right, fine. Okay, so you want to hear what the other ones were? Uh, the from a dimension no. beyond. The, from a dimension beyond the living, a terror to scare you to death was poltergeist Mm. Uh, the spirits will move you in odd and hysterical ways was scrooged yeah and you ain't screamed nothing yet is casper oh cool and the alternative one for that one was the afterlife of the party but i thought you ain't screamed nothing yet was funny funny yeah um prizes prizes you can win up to 250 million what's our seat number branded gold doubloons so you can buy the beach house or secluded forest cabin of your dreams but remember don't read from the dead skin bound book at all real estate agents who accept what's our seat number branded gold doubloons runners up can win up to 650 million dollars in negotiable bearer bonds but let's face it they're not really worth anything and they probably just end up cascading down the side of a skyscraper all limits and outright lies apply offer expires in the next 26 seconds so 
Do you want to claim your prize? I didn't win anything. I didn't get it right. That's right. That was your 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 gamble there was that I was going to not twat it up. <laughs> but I did. So now we just have to sort of live with the fact that, you know, when I make decisions, they're poor. <laughs> you choose poorly. Should we go watch the movie? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, so, how was that for you? That was fun. It was fun. I yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. I had, uh, I had a few uh, things uh, that I noticed about this time that kind of bugged me. Uh, yeah, so but that's you, to be expected. You mentioned uh, the, the jank. There's a bit of jank. There's a bit of jank um, in, in the effects. But we can save that for uh, VFX <laughs> attic. Okay. If you want. All right. Um, uh, you know, just got some things. But, but, I mean, I think it's a good time. A good time was had by all. Was it? Do, you're the other all. Did you all in the fun time? And a good time was had by all. Did you have fun, Jonathan? Yes, I did. You did? I did. Yeah, good. I, uh, I had a great time. I think it's, um, it's, it's a very short and sweet movie. Yeah. And uh, it's crammed full of fantastic ideas. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy it every time. I, I'm always taken aback. I mean, I don't know how many times I've seen it, but I'm always taken aback at how little Michael Keaton is in the movie. Yeah. And also how little his iconic, um, striped jumpsuit yeah, is in the movie. I noticed that this time as well. Um, it's in it for like literally three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that ended up on all of the, uh, all the various promotional materials, the posters, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and in the animated series. Yeah. I was so, just gonna say. Uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it is an iconic, uh, costume, but, um, you know, it's as if it would, it, it would be like if the bat suit appeared in, in a Batman movie for like three minutes. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I really enjoy it. It's, uh, it's a lot more adult than I remember. How so? Uh, just in terms of like his, his, as in like Michael Keaton's character, Beetlejuice, as his like. Humping the air. And yeah. Being all, all the, all the and, various like lechery and, uh, yeah. and stuff like that. And the fact that Lydia is like a 16 year old girl and he's like perving over her yeah. for the entire finale. Um, and, uh, the, the the kind of the gruesomeness that's played for laughs is still pretty gruesome yeah. and macabre. Like, for example, when Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin's characters, the Maitlands, are in um, uh, are in Jeffrey Jones's study, and they, you know, the they sort of stage a scene as if she's just cut his head off, yeah. and she's holding the knife with that, with you that know, kind of grin on her face, look yeah. on her face. Yeah, and he's like. Uh, and he's like holding his he's holding his head or she's holding she's holding head? his yeah. head and um, she's holding a knife in the other hand yeah and his his headless body is lying on the floor and and also when she's uh, when she's hanging in the in the closet she pulls, she pulls her, her face, face off, off. Yeah. yeah I mean it's it's all very gruesome but it's played for laughs I I just uh, you know I, I I love that kind of thing it's uh, sort of black comedy um, yeah. stylings which uh, at the time. I'm not sure was that mainstream. I mean, Tim Burton kind of created his own style. Yeah. Uh, in tandem, of course, with uh, Danny Elfman, who created the sound of every Tim Burton movie. That now nowadays you kind of take that for granted. But it always it always strikes me as interesting when I when I watch something and I, I sort of put on those like critical glasses and I think to myself like. Um, this had to start from somewhere. Nowadays, it's commonplace. It's almost yeah. cliche. But um, and I remember. Um, 
watching uh, some some like behind the scenes of uh, of Batman as well that uh, Danny Elfman had to come up with the sound of Batman. Um, and again, that's something that we take for granted that you have that, you know, like, and, and the, and the theme from the animated series, which is, which is entirely, uh, you know, derived from that. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just like, it's just interesting. Like how, how do you come up with something iconic? You don't know that you're coming up with something yeah. iconic. You're just trying to, I mean, that's how I feel when I'm doing a job is that I'm always trying to get to the, to the point where I can send the bill. You know, yeah. I'm trying to get to the end of it, like trying to get through it in one piece. Yeah, you're just um, trying to complete the project. Trying you're to not complete, really thinking yeah. about this is going to make a mark on... Right, trying to complete the project and trying to do a good job, obviously. But, um, but you know, like somebody like John Williams goes into the next Spielberg movie um, or, you know, sits down to compose the theme for Star Wars or Superman or whatever. And it's just something that that uh, that comes out as, as like, as iconic, that everybody can hum, that everybody knows. It's like in the zeitgeist. Mm. Um, that, like, you know, every kid f- since 1978... Um, you know, puts on a puts on a blanket and uh, and you know as a cape and pretends to be Superman and always sings that theme. So in in the same way, I find that this is the 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 sort of the first uh, real example of that of that combination of Tim Burton and Danny Elfman that just that just became its own thing. Mm. Um, so and and that's one of the one of the reasons why I really appreciate this movie because um, they were working from 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 nothing in a way and they and they created that that sound and that look together yeah um so yeah that's uh yeah i was uh, speaking Five of minutes the of me rambling there no it was speaking of the music is that i i was listening to that soundtrack and and uh you know just like on on a loop uh while i was um drawing a, a poster that i made for your birthday right so uh, Beetlejuice. yeah I, <laughs> but like I, that, that it took me a couple of weeks to do it and um, and I was just like, anywhere I was working on it, whether I was in Tel Aviv and I was working on it, or I was, you know, here in different workspaces or wherever I was, if I was working on it like two minutes here, two minutes there, you know, whatever, uh, I was listening to this soundtrack and other Danny Elfman soundtracks just yeah. on a loop. So when the music came up, when we started the movie, I was like, <laughs> just like, that's just on and on. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah. So the the story with the poster is that I, I feel really really bad about this because uh, you created this this really wonderful poster in the uh, in the style of the animated series, um, and it's Beetlejuice sitting on his gravestone, and uh, you know it says at the top it's showtime. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really great, but I I worried that the that the kids are going to get scared of it if I put it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I and I I I would love to put it up, but um, I I couldn't. Anyway, I mean, I mean, I would, I would say I'd like to try, but then you know, my do you kids know what we don't should sleep do? right now, and what we if should they start do having is nightmares. we should make a Facebook poll. We should put the poster on the Facebook page, and we should make a poll: Should Johnny put this up in the, in the <laughs> office, and just yes or no? And uh, and then you have to do what the public say. Do I? No. When has that ever happened? No, you oh. don't have to. By the way, yeah. this episode happened that way. <laughs> yeah, it did. But that's only because you didn't lock the poll. I you forgot was... to lock the poll. And then suddenly people started adding their own um, yeah. entries. And then this Some one of them got were awful, the like Terminator Terminator 3. And what was, what was the other one? I don't know. Something stupid with Eddie Murphy or whatever. I don't know. 
Oh, what was it? No, was it Jack and Jill? It was Adam Sandler. I don't know. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah something really dumb. But if everybody would have voted for that, we would have had to have done Jack and Jill. Yeah. Well, again, <laughs> it's dangerous. You don't have to. It's dangerous. It's like my kid running into the road. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you're. Um, okay. Fine. Yeah. Um, so, so that's the reason why we did this because somebody added Beetlejuice. It wasn't even on the list. What was the original? What were the original films that we were going to watch? Oh, I don't remember. There, I, there was. We wanted to do Inner Space. Yeah, that was the one that we wanted to do. I think we should just do what we want to do and only leave it up to the crowd when we don't have an no, idea. So we something. wanted to do Inner Space, and there was another one that that we really wanted to do as well. But, um, but anyway, we'll 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 repost the poll, and I will remember to lock it this time. <laughs> I'm like now after this happened, I'm like you shouldn't lock it. Because people are just <laughs> crazy. No, I, I mean, we're lucky. We're lucky, we're lucky that it, that that it people... came out as Beetlejuice. And no, not no, as Jack I and think Jill. that we're lucky that people engaged with it and that they, that they, you know, started voting for things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Also, I, which I, is really, nice. I appreciate that, yeah. Um, you wouldn't have appreciated it so much if it actually had been Jack and Jill. You'd oh, have been like, oh, God, screw you, audience. <laughs> um, or Norbit. Norbit. Blech. Or Nutty Professor 2, okay. The Clumps. <laughs> anyway, yeah. moving on. Okay, um, so before we start getting into the nitty of the gritty, uh, mm. I think it's time for, a, uh, for another game. Okay. It is Crazy Casting with, with K's. Your first Crazy Casting. This actress was mm. no stranger to spooks, specters, and ghosts, and was almost cast as Barbara. Sigourney Weaver? Correct. Hey. You'll get a ding afterwards. Thank you. I trust you. Okay. You wouldn't shortchange me. I, I, I wouldn't. This actress also had a demonic experience in the past, but pea soup vomit and crucifix masturbation were not oh, enough to no, win her the role of I know, of Barbara. I know. I've forgotten the name, but I know who it is. It's in my head. Can I get the point anyway if I don't say the name? But it's The Exorcist's... Um, oh, come on. If I give you her first name, would you be able to give me her second name? Oh, maybe. Go on. Linda. Oh, I know it was Linda. Oh, <laughs> Johnny. Okay, go on, give it to me. Linda what? Uh, I will... Okay. Uh, the, the, the no, 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 don't bother. It's not there. It's gone, but it I know matter, who it but is. Get this. Can... Her, her second name is akin to, a, to a, a found footage movie that involves the woods and a witch. Oh, Linda Blair. There you go. Oh, <laughs> damn, 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 damn. I'm it was sorry, there. I can't, I can't give you that. But one. my doubloons! <laughs> Your doubloons. <laughs> Damn. Oh, that's so annoying because in my brain, I'm like going, What is wrong with you? You know this! It's right in this cabinet! Where's the key? Open the cabinet drawer! It's right here! He just said Linda! You know it's Linda! Why are you not saying the second name? And then the other side of my brain's gonna go find it. <clears throat> Next one. Are, are you alright? <laughs> I just had a minor stroke, but <laughs> I'm okay. My, a conniption fit. <laughs> a conniption fit. <laughs> okay, number three. <sighs> Up for Beetlejuice. Okay. Um... Okay, I'm, I'm going to do a few, like, uh, quick-fire ones. Man who runs marathons in the rain. I have no frigging <laughs> clue. This is dead airtime. This is great. People love this. Oh, hang on. Okay, how wait, about, no, no, how no, about no, no, this? No, 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 hang on. Okay. Oh, you, you're there. Dustin you, Hoffman? Yes, you mouthed it to me, and that was correct. I will give that to you. Yay! Because, oh, because... Rain yeah, Man. Rain Man and Marathon, marathon Man. man. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. 
I didn't, I didn't have to do anything. <clears throat> Great. Okay. No, my brain was like, you know, it's right in there. What are you doing? <laughs> He's just fucking giving it to you. Anyway. Sai, Sai really wants his doubloons. <laughs> <laughs> to my doubloons. <laughs> I'm like, I'm already like, what am I going to spend with my doubloons? Okay. Spend with my doubloons? Spend on my doubloons. A uh, cross-dressing nanny, a gin, a radio DJ, a disgraced English lit teacher. Robin Williams. Correct. Okay. An asylum inmate, another deranged clown, a drunk who sees ghosts. Hang on. Uh, this is the... What, Jack Nicholson? Correct. Okay. It, you, 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 need to, you need to adjust your instincts a little bit more, because I can yeah. see that you, you're getting it quite quickly. Um, okay. Uh, and I'm just going to read off a bunch of these, because I couldn't be bothered to come... Because there's a lot of people that were up for Beetlejuice, okay, and I cannot on. believe the people on this list. Can you do it so that it's interesting? Can you do it in one breath? I can certainly try. <clears throat> John Cleese, Tim Curry, Christopher Lloyd, Jim Carrey, Bill Murray, Robert De Niro. Oh, there wasn't as many. No, as there I weren't that many. No, there you go. See? Uh, okay. Number five. Uh, this actress was pre-metropolitan fornication and luring children to their doom with a, hi- with a hypnotic song. Hypnotic? I know it. Oh. She was up for the role of Lydia. Sorry, Jessica Parker? Correct. Okay. Pre-metropolitan fornication. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You are very proud of yourself for that, aren't you? I, I I'll tell you what it is. Um, Sex for anybody the city who, for anyone who didn't, yeah, yeah that. for anybody who doesn't know, um, this episode was planned at least a month and a half ago. Yeah, <laughs> and then both of us kept getting sick, and our kids kept getting sick. So and... I am like reading these notes for the first time since I wrote them about a month and a half ago. These are really good, Johnny. Okay. Uh, after trekking through a maze. And before charming W.D. Griffiths doubly, this actress could have also played Lydia. Wait, wait, wait. Say that again. Trekking through a maze. Trekking through a maze. And charming W.D. Griffiths Charmed. Doubly charmed. Uh, Jennifer Connelly. Correct. <laughs> um, okay. This child-hating coven leader and pain-loving gothic siren almost played Delia. Child-hating coven leader. Child-hating coven leader. Pain-loving oh, gothic siren. Uh, um, Houston. Uh, wait, her first name? Angelica Houston. Correct. Right. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. Wait, 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 hang. Can we just, can we just for a minute here, right? (laughs) I did know the first one, right? And I know I don't get the doubloons for it or the point, right? Because how does this work? Just actually, hang on, before we continue. You don't don't have to get them all right. You have to get the majority. And then once I get the majority right, I have 26 seconds to claim it, right? Okay, so... So, okay. I'm just, I'm just, these are very good because I'm getting them all right. Go on. Because <laughs> you're getting them all right. Um, so Angelica Houston was almost cast as Delia. Um, but she was so, she was sick. So she was recast. That's a, uh, which a is shame. A shame. But it, it it's worked a shame. out It though. worked out because uh, Catherine O'Hara is um, really good. Amazing. I will take you with me. She is absolutely hilarious in everything she does. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because she, she's, uh, she plays a kind of what would normally be the, the boring mother role in Home Alone. And she just she really manages to do something yeah, yeah, with it, yeah. um, you know, the from the fainting to the yelling at the at the Come clerk, out and all that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, at the at the uh, airline desk. She's it's, quite brilliant. She's quite brilliant. And uh, if any of you haven't seen Shit's Creek, have you seen Shit's Creek? No, I haven't. You... Podcast film? <laughs> no, it's Shit's Creek is a series. Oh. Podcast series? <laughs> go and watch Shit's Creek. It's it's really good. All right, let's do it. Um, yeah. Podcast series. Let's go. It's a new thing. We're doing it. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Come on. My doubloons. This former president of the... the, 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 the I will start again. 
This former president of the United States would help rid the world. I can't say the word president. I'm saying this former president. Watch me. Watch me. President. 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 Okay, say it like me. President. President. Okay, now read the sentence. President. <laughs> this, former, this former president of the United States would help rid the world of unwanted visitors and would have his own run-in with spooks, but his Malice co-star won the role instead. He almost played Adam. I, okay. should, I should know this. Hang President on. of the United States yeah, yeah, yeah. rids the world of unwanted visitors, had his own run-in with spooks, co-starred with Alec Baldwin in Malice. I've never seen Malice, so I don't... Okay, well then, uh, two out of three. So, pr- former president... Former president of the United yeah, States yeah. helps rid the world of unwanted visitors, also known as... I have no idea. It's, it's not there. Okay. Wait, it's not Harrison Ford. No, no, it's not Harrison Ford. But think about a president of the United States who, helps who re- I've completely blanked. I've completely blanked. Aliens on a national American holiday. Oh, uh, was it Bill Pullman? Correct. Really? Yes. Who also had his own run-in with Spooks? Cat Balloon. Oh, Casper. Oh, damn. Yeah. That wasn't even one of those things where my braid's going, you know this! My braid's like, <laughs> set a cigarette in the corner, just like, oh, fuck it, I'm on my break. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't got this one. Let him tell you. <sighs> okay, and um, now I know that this is usually a crazy casting game, but this is a director special. Okay. This Helmer was considered to direct. His experience in Dream Demons would have made a much darker film probably causing the audience to shriek with fear rather than roar with laughter. Dream demons. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, one the one dreamin. The one dreamin? Dreamin! That's pretty good, actually. The one dream demon. Wes Craven? Correct. Really? Yes. Interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wes Craven almost directed Beetlejuice. Interesting. Yep. And uh, so there you go. So, um, How many did I get right there? You got all of them right but two. Okay, so I can have my doubloons. You can have your doubloons. I would like to claim them now. It's been tw- it's been less than twenty six seconds. Has it? Yes. Wait, is it since starting the quiz? Well, let's um, <laughs> let's go back into the uh, okay. I will I will reread the uh, the thing here. All limits and outright. Okay, so you have to read the small print. All limits and outright lies apply. Oh right, I see. <laughs> Offer expires. Oh, in the next hard luck. Seconds. Hard luck. Hard luck. Oh well, I guess next time then. That was completely unprecedented and surprising that there are no actual what's our seat number branded doubloons. <laughs> oh, I'm devastated. Yes. I don't know how I'll be able to continue recording this now. <laughs> that was Crazy Casting with, with K's. K's. Here we go. Okay. Ugh, so- I'm really upset about that Independence Day one. Damn it. <laughs> Less upset about the Linda Blair one. Yeah, well. Although I'm pretty upset about she's it. She's not exactly a household name. No, but I, I, I knew it was Linda, but my brain was going, is it something with a P? <laughs> Okay. Right. So, um, do you want to just like have a talk about it generally? Do you want to go through your notes and uh, tell me what uh, what kind of things you uh, you noticed this time round? What kind of things you enjoyed? Those are the enjoy? only things that I have <laughs> written. Things that okay. I've noticed. Okay. Um, I'd like to uh, give a little shout out to uh, Bo Welsh, 
the uh, production designer mm-hmm. who worked on every uh, Tim Burton movie up until a certain point. Are you going for soda? Mm. Okay, here we go. Some ASMR here. Get a little closer. Ooh. Soda. Where are you? What? Where so- are you? Oh, no, but the, pull the, the... Okay. Soda. soda. I, I noticed... Uh, this is this is something I noticed this time around. Um, the, the, you kind of... They kind of establish the the sort of self-imposed isolation of the Maitlands uh, at the beginning yeah, of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, um, you know, what, what's her name again? Uh, the the woman that comes around and... Uh, oh, they said Jane. It. Jane. Um, that she comes around, she's oh, trying sure, to sell the house. You and... get that cabinet open without any greasy <laughs> wheels or anything. Whatever, fine shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, they don't want to be disturbed. And, you know, he's, he actually, uh, Alec Baldwin's character, uh, Adam, says something about, um, you know, this must be heaven. They're sort of trapped in the house, you know, alone together. Um, and uh, and then that's that little bit, which I found quite funny, of um, uh, Adam going into his hardware store and the uh, the barber chatting to him. Yeah. And then or continuing to, to chat yeah. <laughs> as he goes. Um, and it's just it's a nice little thing that's, uh, that I, I never really paid attention to before. They kind of set up a little bit the town before, uh, before they, they crash into the river. Um, and, uh, and they kind of set up the, the, that kind of, you know, we just want to be alone. And, and I really kind of, um, identify with that now. Well, yes, indeed. <laughs> indeed. Yeah. Cause it's like, you know, I, I want, I want to be with my kids and, uh, and as soon as we have, um, a moment alone, um, you know, we're looking at pictures, <laughs> watching videos of the kids. Yeah. Um, it's like, uh, it's like, even if we're alone, we're not really alone. Well, you know, you, you're um, you're enjoying them from afar. It's very, very dis- yeah. different, you know. Yeah, we we need a little bit of distance um... is key. I feel. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. We talked about the hanging scene. We talked about Catherine O'Hara. Well, hang on. Don't don't jump ahead just yet because I have yeah. some notes about the the opening. Okay. Uh, it's actually just one note. I don't know. I lied. Um. But they they established the couple's taste in music very early on in the movie, which is a sort of yeah. precursor to to Dale, right? Which yeah. Is, the ha- you know, Harry Belafonte stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, I never noticed that that's what they were listening. That they were actively pushing a play on a tape and listening to them. Like they like that music, yeah. which is what inspired that. I always thought that that scene. Uh, the Dale scene is very, very um, uh, random, and it is; it still is. But you know, there, there is a sort of pre that that's their version of haunting someone, which I think is very cute, and it's very it's it's very funny. They're, they're very cute at the beginning of the movie, and they enjoy the music, and it's, yeah. yeah, and 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 they're they're sort of like they're good hearted. You can see that they that they don't want to, you know, they're trying to scare people, but they're but they're incapable of actually harming them or harming them or actually scaring bad, them. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I love the sheer number of ideas in this movie. I think it's it's an incredibly imaginative and creative yeah. movie. I talked about that uh, earlier that it's like a sort of what is it ninety minutes or something like that, and they uh, they cram in so much. Yeah. Um, you know, for example, the handbook of the recently deceased, which uh, which I love. Um, the the whole idea of drawing a door. Yeah, I love that. I love the I love the look of it. I love the look of the like the lighting in the movie is very. Um, it's very theatrical. Very I had a thought. Funny. I had a thought that that perhaps this would that they're remaking a lot of uh, movies as um, as musicals, as Broadway musicals. Yeah, and this could be ripe for that. It, it has been made into a musical. It has. Yeah, there was a Beetlejuice musical on Broadway. 
starring the same guy who uh, the, the, someone's gonna shoot me for forgetting his name. Uh, same guy who played um, Jack Black's uh, Dewey Finn character from the School of Rock musical. Um, and uh, he was he was in. Uh, just imagine that for a second, because he has to. You know, he's got to talk like this all the way through the play, and he's got to sing like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and he has an incredible voice. Like, he's able to, you know, do the Jack Black kind of... He, he did that really, really well. So this is, like... Ah, so this is really recent. Yeah, it like, is. Uh, 2018. Like a couple of years ago, yeah. Huh. I, I did not know this. Mm -hmm. We were... But it's really funny that you didn't know that, and you said this is ripe for that sort of thing. It's very... No, but, but we were in the States in, in 2018. Ah, October 2018. We were home already. Mm. We, we, we went in uh, June or July or something like that. Um, but yeah, that would have been... That would have been great. <laughs> I've seen a couple of adaptations. I've seen the School of Rock one, and I've also, when I was in the States, Shosh and I went to go and also see uh, the Groundhog Day one. Uh, they're yeah. actually they're really good. The Groundhog Day one so was brilliant. Jealous of you, <laughs> God damn it! No, because we went to see Chicago, mm. and it was so great and everything. But it's um, it's a very minimalist uh, production, uh, deliberately so. I mean, it goes back to to the Bob Fosse days in the seventies when they actually when they started, um, and they've they've sort of preserved that throughout the years, and. Um, and I just thought that, you know, it's kind of like when you when you get a, a 4K TV for the first time and you want to, like, you know, see the... the it's your only frame of reference yeah, to anything, well, isn't it? Yeah, I'm saying, like, you want to put it through its paces and you want to see, like, you want to watch something like The Matrix or, uh, you know, Avatar or something like that to see, you know, exactly how... I've just had the funniest mental image in my head. I'm sorry. You know how you wow. have like on a a guy who wants to buy a horse or something and he's walking along the different like stable housings of different horses with like a flat cap and, you know, tweed jacket and a sort of, you know, rounded wooden walking stick that he's not actually holding, but it's sort of slung over his arm mm -hmm. and he's sort of, you know, lifting up their lips and looking at the teeth. I just have an image of you wearing exactly the same outfit <laughs> with, the, with the sort of cane over your arm, but you're sort of looking at these, you know, TVs that are all sort of sticking off a, off a massive long wall with like arms off the but you're like yes, this one's got wonderful you know pixels on it sorry I'm sorry that I just derailed us there it was uh, just the, that image came out so okay 4K to, go on no so the so what I'm saying is that you know you're in you're in New York <laughs> what the fuck was that about I'm saying you're in New York you're in Times Square and you want to go see something on Broadway and I, I was just thinking that the, the what you would want to do is see the most bombastic yeah. production that you can possibly see which would probably be something like Disney right because yeah. we we saw uh, Beauty and the Beast in the West End and yeah, it was we did. absolutely that spectacular was amazing. and they the the way that they achieved through lighting and uh, and and trapdoors and all kinds of various things like the the kinds of special effects that you know um that you wouldn't think that they would be able to achieve on stage yeah. um is is really quite something and I, I I don't know how old I was when we went to see that but I was completely entranced i was i was obviously much younger than you and i was you know to you me it was like <laughs> yeah to me to me it was magic but um i'm just yeah. bringing it back to the whole beetlejuice thing i'm wondering how that would have worked on stage that's always what is curious to me about um about broadway productions is how are they going to do this like when i was watching groundhog day i was like how are they going to make it seem like a time loop Right, but they right. they did it through through several different tricks. Obviously, having uh, actors 
say very annoying lines, like, you know, exactly the same way, with the exact same intonation right. and tone. There's like, uh, the mayor of the town is uh, talking about the groundhog, and he goes, Inny cute! Right? And he would, like, do that every time. Prognosticator! Prognosticator! But um, there, was a, there was a musical number where... Um, it was just through like trickery and sleight of hand and body body doubles and whatever, but he was always waking up in the bed. Right. And they were somehow they were covering up the fact that the actor was going back to the bed, and it was just really well done. It, obviously with trapdoors and whatnot. It was just right. Really so clever. the the thing is, like, I watched Groundhog Day um, last week during my sick week. It was the movie? Yes, the movie, and um, and it's like the everything. Everything is exactly in its place. So yeah. if you look at the the alarm clock, for example, you can see that the the, the mints or the chocolates or whatever they are are positioned exactly the same way. And uh, and obviously, what you can't do on a Broadway uh, on a Broadway show is that they they shot all those sequences one after another. So uh, you know, sweep vermouth rocks with a twist, please. All of that shot one after yeah, the yeah. other, each 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 go. Um, so yeah, I, I would I would have loved to have seen that on Broadway. I mean, there were lots of things that I wanted to see on Broadway. We we were trying to get the there's like um kind of a a, a raffle that you enter yeah, into yeah. every day, mm-hmm. um, and we we just didn't we never got uh, yeah, tickets, and we were only there for a short period of time. Um, that's by the way that's how we blew most of our money was was that we weren't getting we wanted to get um either tickets to aladdin or we or wanted Lion to see King aladdin as well yeah, yeah but we we went we we i don't know when we went to england we went to go and see phantom of the opera and uh Lim is right, and then when we were in America, we saw, and this is like we blew all our money on it, which was Chicago, uh, Groundhog Day, and School of Rock. You saw Chicago as well, yeah. Ah, I in that one. That. Well, I mean, we knew that we were, you know, probably not coming back for a while. So. Right, right, and uh, yeah, and that's uh, that's how it's turning out for us as well. But uh, we didn't know there was going to be a pandemic. Well, I was talking um, more along the lines of kids and yeah, and yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because because uh, um, my lovely wife was pregnant when we were in the states. Oh, really? Um, yeah, that, that was supposed to be our baby moon. Um, anyway, so uh, so yeah, I, and 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 now that um, the Back to the Future um, came out on Broadway, I, yeah. I would have loved to have seen that. It looks spectacular. Yeah, but anyway, Moving I digress. On. We yeah. did dig- we did uh, we did a degree. We we there was some there was some major digression. Mm. Um. Yeah. So so, the, uh, so yeah. So a lot of like a lot of ideas. The um, the colorful deaths in the waiting room, like the shrunken head. Yeah. Uh, is hilarious. I always find that hilarious. Uh, it, it's the mundane and and um, and familiar, which is everybody who has ever gone to you know get some some Any kind of bureaucratic office, yeah. bureaucratic any kind of bureaucratic process. Um, you you know you know what it's like to take a number and sit down and then you take this thing where it's like you're sitting next to shrunken heads and whatnot it's it's funny but i love, I love my... the i love the um the the guy who the car like, accident How do I look? victim he's like i'm feeling a little flat i'm feeling a little flat <laughs> i yeah, love that brilliant. um that could that could just be the uh, the dad in me that uh, you know i'm appreciating all the dad jokes in there yeah, but, yeah. yeah there's a question that i had about the uh, the afterlife ghost is that they're all dead right and they're all in the same condition that they were in. Fucking hell! <laughs> it was knocked over by drink. Um, they're in the same condition that they were in when they died. Why are the Maitlands not like wet? They were wet when they came through the door, but yeah. they were not wet for the rest of the movie. I'm assuming it's a production thing. If I remember correctly, no spoilers. If it's in trivia corner, leave it, it there. there. There might be something there. Yeah, oh, I'm not okay. sure. Uh, no, that just popped out of me this time. And the fact that 
Like, if we're already talking about, um, you know, that early section of the movie when they first discover that they're dead and, you know, they leave the house and they go outside into the Saturn desert. Um, you know, the it's just that the blue screen is really janky and, and the so is the, you know, the sort of claymation. I, I think by design... You think by design? Yeah, I think that I think that he that did that can, on purpose. What, that you can see like the, yeah, the yeah, yeah, rigidy, yeah. janky I think, outlines. I think he was going for a kind of Ray Harryhausen kind of look. On the on on the anim, uh, sorry, not on the animatronics. On the the stop motion. I'm not the talking blue about screen. the stop motion. I'm talking about the actual like the outline around the actors. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You're talking about that as well. I think I think in look, I mean, in the in the late '80s, we're talking about 1988, 87, 88 when they were making this movie. Um, in the late '80s, the uh, you, there are a lot of movies where the technology um, shows the the sort of the 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 join kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he, he deliberately went for that sort of old school um, sort of janky look on okay. purpose. And and again, there might be something in here in, in, in Trivia can, Corner, but... Um, we can talk about it in the attic as well. Yeah. The... Yeah, so um, so we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, the uh, sequel has been greenlit. They greenlit the, the sequel yesterday. Um, and Winona Ryder and Michael Keaton are on board and no reports whether or not uh, Tim Burton is on board. Really? Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Should we go to Trivia Corner? Sure. Trivia, Trivia Corner. Corner. Ooh, we did that in unison this Sorry, time. do you want to try it again so we're, we're ever so slightly <laughs> off unison? Okay. <clears throat> Trivia, Trivia Corner. Corner. <laughs> okay. Um, so this is Michael Keaton's favorite film of his. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Uh, the studio originally wanted to call the film House Ghosts. I'm glad they didn't. That sucks. Yep. That name uh, blows. As a joke, Tim Burton, <laughs> Tim Burton suggested the name Scared Sheetless and was <laughs> horrified when the studio actually considered using it. <laughs> and that's why you don't say things unless you mean them. Well, that, that reminds me of that whole Sid Sheinberg thing that, um, that uh, the head of Universal, Sid Sheinberg, at the time, uh, sent a memo to, uh, to Spielberg and Zemeckis saying that uh, they should call the movie, they should call Back to the Future, Spaceman from Pluto. <laughs> and uh, Spielberg sent, said to Robert Zemeckis, he's like, don't worry, I got this, I got this, I, I'll handle this. And he sent back an, a memo to, uh, to Sid Sheinberg and he said, Sid... Um, we thought that your memo was absolutely hilarious. Keep them coming. <laughs> Great. And uh, and then I've heard that story. he never he never uh, mentioned it again. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Tim Burton feared the Deo sequence wouldn't go over well, oh. since in his opinion it wasn't very funny. He turned out to be very wrong. Audiences loved it and think of it as one of the film's most iconic scenes. I agree. Isn't that what we were saying? Uh, we were sitting at the couch while it was happening. I was I was saying I, I just really want to know. Whether they were all in on this, they were wondering whether it was going to go well. Yeah, because I've read and seen interviews where um, actors that have worked with Tim Burton have said, yeah, Tim doesn't say very much and he doesn't give very much direction. So I was wondering exactly like how something like that sequence comes together if he's not really giving them, you know, the uh, the sort of the tone or the direction mm. that uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I haven't been, I haven't seen, obviously I haven't been on a set of Tim Burton's, but um, I haven't seen like, for oh, example, you haven't no on, but for example, on the, on the Indiana Jones Blu-ray, there's uh, the Raiders of the Lost Ark. There's a whole 40 minute segment, which is literally just 16 millimeter footage of uh, Spielberg directing. 
And you get a unique insight into how he talks to his actors and how he crafts this scene. There's something similar on the E.T. Blu-ray as well. Um, right. And, and I, I, don't, I haven't seen any of Tim Burton really, like... You know, directing. So I don't know how he uh, how he talks to his actors, and you know, so uh, so it's just interesting to me to 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 kind of think how how exactly you know does a sequence like that that's very specific, um, yeah. you know how they're how they're kind of they're they're being like sort of pulled this way and that, and they have the sort of the surprise looks on their faces that turn to like kind of you know getting into the dance and then back to the back to the surprise. Well, as I said while we were watching it, I think they probably had a choreographer who was, you know, telling right. them about when they're being pulled and how to move and how to look like well, they're being yeah. sort obviously, of, you know, possessed. Obviously that, but in terms of the actual like expressions on their faces, the actual yeah. acting side of it, but um anyway. Apparently Michael Keaton ad-libbed 90% of his lines. Okay. <laughs> I believe that actually. Like the, the save that guy for later. That is brilliant, um, yeah. yeah. Um Here's one for the nerds. Well, uh, for for me, um, Beetlejuice was the first DVD sent out. But DVD is a round disc uh, kind of thing that looks kind of like a CD. A CD is um, I'll, I'll explain this to you. A CD is what. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, the Beetlejuice was the first DVD sent out by Netflix in Sorry, are you on cocaine today? What's going on? <laughs> I haven't slept in roughly two years. Right, lovely. Go on. <laughs> um, yes, and also I have a bag of cocaine stuck up my butt. Cocaine. Um, so, yeah, I will say this again. Hopefully I'll get through it. So, uh, Beetlejuice was the first DVD sent out by Netflix in 1998. Um, oh, cool. I've also written here, explain what Netflix was for the fetuses. <laughs> They used to send out physical copies of DVDs back yeah. in the day. It was a online rental service. Uh, and nowadays, um, they, they put and movies on... no late fees. And no late fees. Um, they, uh, nowadays, they put movies on their streaming services for literally about 10 minutes, uh, which is just enough for you to watch the opening of the movie before you get a message that says, this movie is no longer on Netflix. So, um, fuck them. Um, <clears throat> he does love a little bit of exaggeration, our journey does. Really? You think? Um, Michael, Here. <laughs> oh, he likes it? Oh, he does? <laughs> Michael Keaton, playing the title character, only appears in 14 and a half minutes of the film. Michael Keaton spent only two weeks filming. And yeah. yet he's all over it. He's all over it like a bad rash. Like Devon on Dog Dookie. Yeah. Uh, when Adam and Barbara are in the office, a voice on the PA system announces Flight 409 is arriving at Gate 3. United Airlines Flight 409 crashed into a mountain in Wyoming on October 6, 1955, killing all passengers and crew aboard. At the time, it was one of the worst plane crashes in history. Uh, to this day, no one knows why it crashed. Ooh, that's dark. Very dark. Um, but it reminds me of the uh, of the scene in Ghostbusters 2 when the Titanic arrives. Yeah. Um, I, I I love those little uh, those little tidbits. Keep it light. Keep it light. Catherine O'Hara <clears throat> met her future husband, production designer Bo Welsh, uh, while making this film. According to Welsh, Tim Burton said he should ask her out near the end of filming. Welsh said it didn't even occur to me that I was even supposed to talk to the actors, but since Tim told me to, I did. And then we dated and we married, and here we are today. That's sweet. Uh, the visual effects budget was just $1 million, a major factor in Tim Burton deciding to make the effects look as tacky and B-movie as possible. There you go. Okay. I see. Drop page. Well done. 
Uh, all the people in the waiting room and in the office are in the same condition as when they died, and the way they died is, is shown clearly. However, the Maitlands who drowned are not wet. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Tim Burton felt that keeping the actors wet all the time would be too uncomfortable. So it was a production decision. It was a production decision. And that's what happens when you, uh, when you uh, type up your notes before a month and a half before actually recording. Because I would have known to say... That's in Trivia that's Corner. That's in Trivia Corner. No. Uh, the movie's box well, that'll office... that'll teach you to fucking get sick, won't it? That'll learn you. <clears throat> yeah, but then you got sick. Well, that'll learn me and you. Yeah, well, you go. there you go. Uh, the movie's box office success created plans for a sequel, Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. A script was oh, commissioned... Dear. And Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder both signed on to reprise their respective roles. Tim Burton lost interest in the project and went on to direct Batman. And Batman Returns instead. As late as 2015, Warner Brothers was still trying to get the original sequel uh, concept into production. And uh, I'm, I, I wonder, actually, if this what was greenlit yesterday is in fact Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian or if it's a new script. I hope it's a new script. Only time will tell. Yeah. Along with Spaceballs, 1987, Big, 1988, and Caddyshack 2, 1988, it is notable for containing the F-word in a film rated PG during the PG-13 era. Was this rated PG? Hmm. Why are you asking me? No, because I, I, I would have I'm thought... I'm not the trivia master. They created the PG-13 rating because of Gremlins and Temple of Doom. That yeah. was 1984. So by this time, they could have rated Beetlejuice PG-13. But anyway, the F-word in question is... Nice fucking model! Yeah. The skeleton head on top of Beetlejuice's merry-go-round looks remarkably like Jack Skellington, a skeleton figure which Tim Burton had been drawing since 1982 and would ultimately be used as the main character of The Nightmare Before Christmas. Cool, I didn't actually pick up on that. Which Tim Burton co-wrote and produced. According to producer Larry Wilson, the original ending was significantly darker, ending with Renona Ryder's Lydia dying in a fire and joining her friends in the afterlife. Whoa. They, dear, dear me. Yeah. They changed it after considering the message it was sent to young people that death would be a happy ending. Although the character's n- true name is Beetlejuice, spelt with a G-E-U-S-E. Beetlegeist. Beetlegeist. As a uh, Beetlegeist bioexorcist. Beetlegeist. Wow, it's like Alec Baldwin's in the room with me. It was spelled uh, Beetlejuice in the title because it's funnier and markets better. See, I w- always wondered about that, but uh, oh, it yeah. seems to be... a really pointless what what do they mean it markets better is that like it it, how do you test for that is it you check to see if people can pronounce it and people couldn't so they spelt it the way that people could spell it i I mean i mean i mean say it it is easier to say beetlejuice when it's spelt beetle and juice yes um but like i i I guess yeah i mean it's one of those things that you, you know that the shawshank redemption uh tanked because everybody was like what is a shawshank Right, you know, it was a difficult name to 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 market. I think, and people discovered it on home video uh, through word of mouth and and all that kind of stuff. So, I, I mean, it makes sense in when a way. When I first met Andy Dufresne, Andy Dufresne, <laughs> a toy line. Okay, here's a um, a uh, a phenomenon that uh, that happened a lot in the eighties. Okay, that movies that were a little bit more adult ended up with uh, with animated series and toy lines um, that uh, that are obviously marketed directly marketed directly at kids um, but uh, but anyway so a toy line was released in conjunction with the film and featured action figures of most of Beetlejuice's incarnations as well as Otho Adam uh, whose figure featured him wearing a red baseball cap apparently and the shrunken head man from the waiting room whose figure was named Harry the Haunted Hunter and came with a detachable head showing what he looked like before death um 
so so yeah so there, there's a toy line and there's also the uh, the animated series that uh, yeah. that came out uh i think at the beginning of the 90s i want to say you want to say but you should check it before you put it in trivia corner well then <laughs> thank you for showing me up oh, i'm sorry i don't know jonathan i'm not clever enough to know stuff because i'm not the trivia master would you like me to keep on stalling and vamping until you found it on Google on your phone? I will do this for you because I like you and I like the cut of your jib. Will you please type faster, you piece of Beetlejuice, shit? the animated series, premiered in 1989, a year after this movie was released. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are, there are other examples of that, like, uh, like Robocop, for example, which is an incredibly adult film that, um, that, uh, that had, uh, had toys. Had toys and an animated series. I think an animated series. Um, yeah, just a, just a lot of these kinds of things that um, you know, Freddy Krueger as well. Adult horror movie um, had a lot of like uh, had a lot of toys. Um, you know, sort of squarely aimed at kids. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't understand the thinking behind that. But uh, but anyway, during the scene in the graveyard after the Maitlands leave, when Beetlejuice gets mad and kicks the tree. Originally, the tree was not supposed to fall. But on that take, uh, Keaton kicks the tree, it falls down, and he ad-libs the line, nice fucking model, honk honk, uh, to the set designer who messed up. Right. Uh, Burton loved it so much, he left the blooper in. That's brilliant. Yeah. Lovely. I'm really happy that that's a blooper. Yeah. Drop page! I always like it when those things get left in, because it's very genuine moments, and you get to see actors staying in character for... Right. Yeah, them. And that was... Trivia Trivia Corner. What? What do you want? What are you looking at me for? I'm looking at you because you're supposed to lead me to the attic. It's, uh, it's been... Uh, it's it been, gone. Has it been condemned? It's gone. Where, where's it gone? It's just disappeared. How, how does an, an entire attic just disappear? It's gone into the ether. <clears throat> Join me in the VFX attic. Where else can you see VFX in an attic other than VFX attic? <laughs> Tick. If it's gone, where are we? We have been transported into the attic through the ether. Okay. So we're in the attic. We're in the attic. Would you like me to talk about VFX for a bit? Yes, please. All right. Uh, so... <clears throat> Can you pass me the soda, please, Bartholomew? Uh, so, a couple of names that I want to bring soda. up. Um, most of the work uh, that I want to talk about is to do with um, sort of creature and makeup effects uh but we've already talked about most of the things that we're going to say uh but you know i like to bring up the the names of the people who worked on it so robert shaw uh and i, I don't know if i'm saying the name right but v neil um is uh, or nail i don't know it's a very strangely uh written name uh but uh, anyway they are both uh, uh v is a uh, makeup artist for beetlejuice uh, notable for having worked on this movie mrs doubtfire and edward and she won a, a academy award for her work on this film well, she um, bloody well should it's uh, as well stuff as well as robert short the creature and makeup effects designer uh who worked on multiple designs and most notable for his work on the creature effects in the uh, afterlife uh, and he worked on uh, other films, uh, Splash, The Mermaid Effects, um, Predators, Design, and The Red Heart, sort of flashing light on uh, E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Uh, so lots of, uh, lots of uh, well, well, visited uh, people. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to talk about a couple of VFX in the movie that I really like. First of all, the... I really enjoy the snake scene because it's a very harsh sort of change in tone from the scene yeah. before it, where it's, you know, the uh, 
you know, Deo scene and all of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's all, it brings a lot of levity and, uh, you know, but then you've got this thing and it's, it's actually, I didn't realize that it was animatronic, uh, the snake. There, uh, there, there are, are some shots. There are some shots where it's, you know. Like the, the close um, up, um, the close up of the snake where he goes. Oh God! You know, like when, right. Yeah. So whenever its face needs to move in a way that it can't move, right, right. and all that. So there are certain shots where it's not animatronic and it's uh, stop um, motion. Stop motion. Um, there's a lot of stop motion in the movie, including the worm, uh, which I think is uh, it's. Who had been, been out of work since June in 1984. Indeed. <laughs> but you, you know, you were saying that the jank is on purpose and, uh, you know, trying to hark back to something. And I, I yeah, think... Yeah, to the old B-movies yeah, of, so uh, of the 50s, 60s. If that's actually the case, then that works pretty well. And most of what I was going to say about it is sort of moot. Um, but, you know, I was just going to say that it's, uh, it's not as good as some of the... Uh, a lot of the work uh, that's done in, uh, you know, Nightmare, a Nightmare Before Christmas, and obviously uh, the technology as it goes on, it, you know, the technology. As technology improves, so do the tools for making stop right. motion look more convincing. So I, I didn't, I didn't think that it was possible. I didn't think it was really the, um, you know, they dropped the ball or anything. But it's, it's a visual style that I just don't really. It doesn't look nice to me. But that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I obviously no, sorry. It's not the visual style that I don't like, because obviously the visual style of the movie is extremely appealing to me. It's the, it's just the execution, and this is what I was saying before to you. Uh, I don't remember if we actually recorded it or not, but the, uh, it's the way that it's served up to you, right? You know, um, there are many, many ways to do, you know, certain VFX, and it's sometimes uh, down to, and we've talked about this before, how much interaction there is with the actual set. Uh, so for example, how much dust is being blown up by something like there, there are some great moments where, you know, um, uh, sand gets knocked onto the actors right. and they sort of brush it off themselves. There's a lot of like tangible sort of interaction with it. But, um, you know, it's, to me, the way that it's sort of served up to me is not how I like it cooked. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it, it, that's, oh, that's I'm sorry. Much... Would you like to send it back to the kitchen? I, I wouldn't dare because, you know, what if Tim Burton finds out? So, um, I, I want to say that I think that, um, the, the main part for me of this is, is those sequences, you know, the, in the VFX attic, what we're going to talk about is, is you know those blue screen effects and the stop motion effects. And but at the end of the day, it's it's stop motion and it looks you know like stop motion. It's really cool. Uh, and uh, for me, it's always going to be about the design of the creatures and the design of the uh, the things that are happening. It's really really right. cool. Um, and that's pretty much all I've got. I'm afraid it's not really very substantial. But most of what is going on in this film is not really then they're more practical effects than they yeah. are visual effects. And there's less, mm. I, it's something that I really appreciate about the movie is just how much everything is practical. You know, like it's, there's, there's makeup effects and there's lighting effects. And even you were saying to me that you love how, uh, the caseworker Juno, um, you know, how, when she's smoking her cigarette, the smoke is coming out of the gash in her throat. Right. Right. Um, and it's like the attention to detail and the, the sort of, uh, the design that is design that is like thinking about okay this is a dead you know person and how do we make this thing that is actually quite gruesome a little bit funny right so you know that's really cool to me um but, but yeah it's, it's top all very <laughs> yeah no it's all very old school i mean like you, you've got effects like um like the maitlands fading away yeah um or uh you know when they start to get old 
they basically they're projecting just, it onto their faces, uh, projecting it or um, or dissolving it. Um, you know, with uh, with sort of like laying the film one yeah. on top of each other, like a sort of double exposure or whatever it is. Um, and uh, and you've got like effects like when they look into the uh, into the room with the souls. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's like death for dead people, death for ghosts yeah. or whatever. They've been exercised. <clears throat> yeah, so there's like that's also a very old school kind of uh, you know kind of an effect. So. Um, I don't think this was a trailblazer in the uh, in the effects world. I mean, it, obviously, you would uh, you would have a lot more to talk about if we were going to talk about Jurassic Park or something. But um, but yeah, well, we're not talking about Jurassic Park, are we? Yes, he's <laughs> not Judge Judy and Executioner. <laughs> anyway, that's all I have uh, for the VFX attic. Um, well, you dragged me all the way up here just for that. I didn't drag you anywhere. We were transported through oh, the ether. ether. Would you like me to transport you back out of the ether? Yes, please. <coughs> anyway, VFX attic. Well, thank you for that. That was uh, pointless, short but pointless. A very short and sweet VFX attic. Um, so. Closing remarks. Uh, so I don't think that I have anything to say beyond what I've already said. I think that it's uh, it's not one of those movies where, again, if you're the kind of person who can't stand looking at older effects, you know, if it really takes you out of it, then it'll probably take you out of it. But just for the designs, man, worth watching this movie again and again and again and again and again. It's just yeah. beautiful designs, great, uh, great atmosphere. The music's awesome. And also the story, I really like the story, and I also love that ending. So, yeah. you know, top marks from me. Yeah, me too. It's very, uh, it's very old school. Even for the time, it was old school. I love the purity of uh, of Adam and Barbara. I think yeah. um, Gina Davis is uh, um, is really wonderful in, in this movie. Very and genuine, and 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 you can, and Alec Baldwin as well. Like you can, you can really buy the idea that uh, that they're ghosts and that uh, and that they would befriend Lydia, and that they're just you know they're good people. Yeah, um, and I, I love that that kind of dynamic, that kind of like uh, you know, oh, there are ghosts in the house, and then it's like that you're not very good at it, are you? You're not, right, yeah. You know, I, I, I love that dynamic. And I think in general, the, uh, the script is, is just really sharp and funny. And, uh, you know, and, and, and to be honest with you, like the, the, the element of the movie that makes the least amount of an impression on me each time is actually Beetlejuice himself is actually Michael Keaton. Right. Cause while he's, uh, while he's great in it and he does, he does like, make his mark and whatever he is only in it for 15 minutes yeah. and uh you know and the, the the story is really about lydia and the maitlands it's something that i'd be interesting i'd be interesting you would be interesting <laughs> it's something i'd be interested you to are see interesting like how they uh how they sort of translate that whole thing into the sequel like if if they are going to make the sequel and all of that are they going to make it all about Beetlejuice and therefore so ruin the magic? Or is it gonna, are, they gonna, are they going to get it? Are they going to be like, oh yeah, we get what made this work? Very likely not. I think that, um, that it's probably going to be a Jack Sparrow kind of situation. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. You, you never know because sometimes a director will come along and say, I have a vision for this legacy sequel mm-hmm. and they'll make it brilliant. Okay. You know, like, uh, like Blade Runner 2049 is not superfluous whatsoever. Like, I mean, it's a, it's a great continuation of the story and, and, and Denis Villeneuve is, uh, is, is a, is a great director. Um, but, uh, but you know, you never know. A director. You know. 
a director. Um, so that was uh, our episode on Beetlejuice. Next week, uh, we will be going to see the Batman. I cannot contain how excited I am. Like it's just, it's, uh, it's too much for me. I love it when a new Batman movie comes out. I, no, no, do you know what? Actually, that's not true. I I was super duper excited about every single one of the Nolan ones, um, and I was like okay with the Ben Affleck. Like, I love Ben Affleck as Batman now, but like when it came out, I was like not super duper excited about it. Right. But I enjoyed it when I saw it. Um, and then, uh, you know, now this is happening and I'm just like watching the, I'm, I'm doing you with the James Bond thing, just like watching it over and over and over the trailer again and yeah. again and again and again, because I'm just super pumped for it. I'm, I'm very excited about this movie. The, the reviews have been overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm very excited to talk about it with you. The episode will be quite spoilery. So please watch the movie before listening to the podcast. Yeah. Would you like me to do that without sounding like uh, Himmler or something? Well, I mean, I, I, I'm just wondering if uh, if you were going to shoot somebody. If, uh, if they Entirely did not... unnecessary. Yeah. The next episode will be full of spoilers, so please watch the movie before you listen to the episode. Or you will be shot. Lovely. <laughs> well, that's mm. it from us. Um, thank you very much for joining us. I would just like to say before we go, before we sign off, Happy birthday, Babs. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Keep getting younger. Indeed. Bye, Bye. everyone. Bye. What's our seat number? 